Well, this is Richard Wilson at the Family Office Club, and today we're doing a member spotlight video interview with Taylor Woods from Urban Commons. Welcome, Taylor. Thank you very much, Richard. So if you were to describe your hospitality firm in kind of a sentence or a one-liner, what is it that you do? So we do hotel properties. We're in the hospitality business. We have a team in Century City, Los Angeles of 40 experts, asset managers. We've grown our business uh, over the last dozen years. We started at the, at the peak of the last uh, of the recession, um, focused on growing a hospitality portfolio in a meaningful way. We've grown to two billion in assets under management. We have a phenomenal team of experts uh, that have uh, capability to add value in any market, actually, uh, depending on, uh, we, we don't try to time the top and the bottom of the market. We, we create value, add value, um, create lift, no matter, no matter what we do. But of course, we love opportunities like, uh, like the 2008, 2009 opportunities. And then of course, 2020 uh, here upon us leaves, uh, leaves some phenomenal opportunities in front of us. Sure. Yeah, that makes sense. And um, about how many investors have you served or closed on your deals over the last 12 years? I'm just curious. It's a good question. So we have over 200 investors that have worked with us. We, we uh, typically or traditionally we're working with smaller um, individual friend, kind of a friends and friends network of, uh, of investors. Um, we may even have reached up to 300 or so uh, of investors in a smaller kind of uh, smaller bite size. Um, and then over the years, we've we've kind of evolved that into uh, larger larger commitments. So, you know, our investment, uh, investors today are you know, doing you know one to ten million uh, kind of range on an average you know kind of kind of basis. Right. Great. And hospitality has a pretty broad scope. There's some firms that just focus on very high end hotels. There's some that focus on motels and very low end and kind of forty unit type locations. I know you're in core cities, but what types of assets are you acquiring in those cities? Good question. So we love three-star, four-star, full-service, nationally flagged, or conversion to nationally flagged with the, with the, with the prominent brands, um, Marriott, Hilton, Intercontinental. We, uh, throughout those uh, three franchise families, of course, there's a lot of brands we can choose from. Um, but we focus on uh, core markets, um, uh, kind of the stable very easy to predict, easy to forecast, easy to determine uh, kind of growth trajectory in line with um, uh, market dynamics in those markets. Okay, great. And then I have got a two-part question. I'm just curious about, you know, you have $2 billion in assets acquired, all in hospitality. So obviously you have some expertise there. Um, what has been your competitive advantage or edge that's allowed you to grow to 2 billion when most people stop at two to three hotels or hundred million or 200 million in assets. And combined with that, since you started in 2008, how much is that competitive advantage really tied to your roots at, you know, starting during, you know, the last large recession? It's a good question. So um, during the last recession, we, we, we focused on um, local markets, more LA, San Diego, San Francisco. You know, that's close to home. It was easy for us. Um, the the opportunities that we saw in those markets at the time um, were very easy to identify. They were they were discounted. They were they were struggling. There were you know opportunities uh, all over the place. Um, in in kind of the next two, three, four years, then we changed uh, and and pivoted our focus toward adding value, brand conversion, upgrading, upbranding in many cases, and then also in other markets, uh, uh, Colorado, Texas, Florida, greater New York, um, uh, Tennessee, Washington, Oregon, Utah, 
we just we just created a little bit of a um, focus on identification of of kind of the individual underperforming asset in in an kind of in a media market or in, in those markets, and for whatever reason that one had fallen behind uh, the rest of the uh, the rest of the competition, um, making the capital infusion necessary to create an enhanced uh, offering uh, became pretty substantial. I'll give you one example. We bought the Holiday Inn Resort in in uh, Orlando. It's across the street from kind of the entrance of Disney World. Wow. At the time, it was independently flagged. It was running as a kind of a non-branded hotel, and it was performing about 25% you know, behind the uh, competition in terms of occupancy. So the demand just wasn't there. So we spent about $30 million in renovation. We brought in Holiday Inn, uh, Holiday Inn Resort and Suites, um, which was the perfect kind of family product for that area. A uh, little different than some of the other Hiltons and, and Marriott's and Sheraton's and, and um, Weston's and some of the others that we, that we uh, uh, focus on in other markets. But the perfect market in that, uh, perf- perfect product for that market. Yeah, that's great. That's an amazing location to have in terms of uh, foot traffic. I mean, uh, I know right now during uh, COVID might be the one exception, but I know they're, they're staged opening right now. And uh, I'm sure yeah. things will be getting back to that's right. busy real soon if it goes anything like China has with their reopening. So congrats okay. on that, that pie. That's, that's excellent. Um, so if you sometimes are looking for those that are underperforming, what's your value add process? It sounds like sometimes you do it. 20, $30 million renovation, uh, reflag it and get it to the standards that are required, I would guess by, by Holiday Inn is one part of your value add process. Is there anything that would not be obvious about your value add process or unique about it, or it's been core to your guys' success that you'd like to share? Sure. So, and by the way, now in, in 2020, we, we see a repeat of what we saw in 2008. So this is, this is uh, kind of the time we've been waiting for. Um, we've we've uh, expected some sort of an opportunity, some sort of downturn, some sort of uh, cycle. Um, and as you know, hospitality is the first to uh, decline and it's the first to recover if you look at all the uh, sectors in real estate. So if you, if you compare 2008, 2009 uh, to today's market, then by 2021, sometime during 21, uh, those opportunities will have passed. And hotels will be performing and, and uh, discounted opportunities won't be there. So what we do is no matter what the economic cycle, of course, we love, we love opportunity to buy at a discount and, and distress, which we're doing now. And we have a big pipeline. And we have a couple of um, very, very you know, prominent assets um, that uh, we have in escrow right now. Um, but when, when uh, we make an acquisition, what's, what's subtle is we'll change management. We'll change some of the shared what we, what we create are, are, are uh, shared services divisions through revenue management, accounting, um, other kinds of things where you pull cost out of the property. We'll find some low-hanging fruit. So even if we're buying a property that is fully renovated in pristine condition, we'll find savings, we'll find um, reduction in cost at the, at the property level. We'll find a way to add a few more rooms, um, add some more meeting space, whatever the market drivers might be. Um, with, with in, in some cases, very little capital expenditure, um, and then send the property forward on a trajectory with, with higher revenue. But they should be. Like if you sold your whole portfolio and you went to invest in someone else's, what is that sharp question that you would ask them? It's a good question. Um, we, tend to, we tend to think in terms of uh, the opportunity, right? The, are, are we buying right? 
uh, are we buying in the right location? Location is always important to us. Um, right. and, and then, um, uh, does, is, is it possible to always time everything correctly? So it, it's not, you can never time the bottom. You can never time the top of those market, of market cycles. Um, so, so how do you really add value and how do you really identify opportunity? Um, and I think that's, I think that's, uh, partly, partly proven by track record. If you look at all four years so of the, uh, property acquisitions that we've, that we've done, if you aggregate together, we're in kind of the 25 to 30% IRR range historically. And, and I don't think that's possible unless you, unless you've really identified true opportunity to create value. And sometimes you have to create it completely out of the blue. And and in some cases we'll have a property that has um, uh, an adjacent land component that can be used for a completely other purpose. It could be used for expansion. Uh, We could build additional Mm -hmm. rooms, additional space, additional uh, um, um, ancillary revenue into properties. You may, you may know, viewers may not know, but we have the, we operate and, and run the Queen Mary in Long Beach, which is, uh, uh, the cruise liner, but it's permanently moored in uh, Long Beach. Um, it's a 365 room hotel. The hotel does about $15 million a year in revenue. And then, wow. and then we have about $45 million of ancillary revenue that is part of the surrounding uh, facility. And, wow. and, and that comes through concerts and events and, 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 uh, Halloween, uh, uh, spectacular kind of uh, um, haunted uh, houses that we set up throughout the facility. So another $45 million on top of the $15 million in revenue just from rooms, you know, uh, nightly guests. Yeah, I've never heard of someone doing that. So that's incredible. I've heard of people having like a moving stage thing on like a, a barge type creative idea and then it pulls up and they do something temporarily. And in Miami, uh, near the Intercontinental, there's a big yacht. And I know that you can host events in the yacht, but I've never heard of what you've said. But uh, we're about to open an office in Scottsdale, so I'll be in your area more often, you know, that side of the U.S. I'll have to take a look at that sometime. Uh, that's, that's great. My last question here is um, $100,000 piece of advice for investors that are listening to this. What is a big piece of value we could leave people with when it comes to hospitality. It could be about due diligence or the markets or the type of asset or who to trust, et cetera. Good. So I would say $100,000 piece of advice, uh, probably two or three pieces. Number one, now is, now is that opportunity. Uh, there's, there's some fear in the market. There's some opportunity in the market. And, and, and we were waiting the last two, three years, we were waiting for this cycle to hit. So this is, this right. is the opportunity. We immediately locked up some properties um, during, you know, during this window and and um, these are properties we wouldn't have seen in, in normal course. They're they're in core markets. They're in growth markets. They're in high investment markets. So I would say number one, now is the time. And number two, uh, this is uh, you know there's a there's a there's a way to be somewhat predictable about about uh, uh, what happens. Uh, we stay away from tertiary markets. We stay away from uh, sub tier you know brands. We 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 stick with kind of the core bread and butter high, high uh, growth markets in terms of uh, um, population growth, technology investment, those kinds of things are driving certain, certain markets in the U.S. In a, in a significant way. And then there are other cities that are really slowing down and dying, and there are other pockets that are, that are, that are struggling. And, and I think those two together are, are kind of a sure fire formula, no matter what the cycle. 
no matter what the cycle. Right. And right. in hospitality, if if uh, if you're holding a property during a slowdown or during a dip, but you're in a good location and in a good market, your cycle is six months, nine months, twelve months. Then you're kind of back to uh, you know sure. steady performance. If you look at 2010 and 2011, um, or 2009 to 2010, in in the markets where we're buying, in in both of those, from one year to that the next, we were already setting peak performance records. Within, within 12 months in every case. Great, awesome. Yeah, congrats on that. And um, you know, if someone's watching this and they have a, a family hospitality asset and it fits some of the description Taylor's looking at, we've had deals get done within the family office club where there was an asset that's been in the family for a couple generations. Maybe the money isn't there to recapitalize it and re-flag it, et cetera. If you have a portfolio of hotels because you're a hospitality GP and Right now, you're looking around and you know there's an opportunity to, you know, sell or recapitalize your portfolio. Or if you're an investor that wants to connect with Taylor and learn more about their platform and Urban Commons, then I'd encourage you just to reach out and at least share notes and see if there's a connection and, and way to work together. Um, Taylor, what's the best way to get in touch with you? You know, where, what, where's uh, your website or what do you prefer in terms of communication coming towards you? Sure. So uh, email is email is easy, and I can uh, loop in our, our staff for uh, support on any anything that people would like. Um, our website is urban-commons or or urban-commons.com, and then my email address is taylor at urban-commons.com. Great, great. Now some people might be listening to this on the podcast, and uh, Taylor spells his name T A Y L O R. So Taylor at urban slash commons. Yes at dashcommons.com. Great. Well, I appreciate you being here, Taylor. And thanks for being on the discussion panel yesterday. Um, we have hospitality families that come through the family office club and sometimes are looking to co-GP. Um, I just thought of one client I have in Dallas um, that we just closed a uh, nine-figure deal with. And um, I think that they would be oh, eight eight-figure deal with. I want to overstate and um, they're looking for partners such as yourself to work with. So I'll follow up with you and Marco and, you know, get you in touch with them as a next step. But uh, thank you for your time here today. Thank you as well. No, we've, we've greatly appreciated the relationship. We have, we have existing relationships in the family office club and, um, and, and, and our ability to partner um, and be flexible allows for uh, exponential growth. So, so in the last dozen years, our, our, the, the only way we got from literally zero uh, to two billion today, with with uh, as much capacity as we've been able to take uh, on, is really through uh, uh, very very friendly uh, relationships, partnerships, and and uh, that's uh, that's a core part of our business. It's just working close with people that we like and trust. Sure, that's great. Yeah, we're happy to get to know each other better, and hopefully be meeting in person sometime in late Q4, or Q1, if everything permits. Terrific. Take care. Bye, Thank Taylor. you so much, Richard. Okay, bye bye.